Amen. Amen. Well, as you already heard, I'm not going to be speaking today because we've got a guest speaker. His name is Johnny Jernigan. Now, I, I didn't meet him till today, and um, he is uh, with the Assemblies of God. He's over the entire state of Alabama in their evangelism outreaches, and he touches the rest of the United States of America on a routine basis, and he was involved in our outreach. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, seriously, any church not having spiritual babies is not healthy. It's not. Any church that's not having spiritual babies is introverted, is self-focused, and needs a gentle push from above, sometimes a hard push from above, because God said go into all the world and preach the gospel. So Johnny Jernigan is an evangelist. Now, I'm a pastor evangelist in the sense that I am real strong on evangelism, and we win a lot of souls. But I'm not a exclusive evangelist. Those are not easy to find. And so I want you to hear a message on evangelism. Because every one of you carries special, uh, special cargo, precious cargo, Jesus in your heart. And I believe, folks, if we will respond to what God is doing in the world, we're going to see tons of people saved. Many people saved. So I want you to give Johnny Jernigan a great big hand as he comes. And come share the word with us, Johnny. Thank you, Pastor. It's an honor to be with you. Amen. Amen. Hey, can you remain standing? Everybody remain standing, if you would. Can we stand all over the house? Can we give Jesus the greatest shot of praise we can today? Father, we bless you. We exalt you. We magnify you. And we place you on the high place. Everybody smile big. Let me see all your teeth. Make this faith declaration out loud. Come on, say it loud. Say, I believe that God wants me to win. Come on, say it again. I believe that God wants me to win. Now, how many know if you tell a lie long enough, you'll believe it? Come on. And how many know if you tell the truth long enough, you'll believe it? Yes. And I declare this every time, Pastor, before I get to share God's holy word. I just want to say this to all of you. Maybe you're watching online somewhere. God truly wants you to win. I heard somebody say a long time ago, Jesus is not coming back for a bunch of losers. Come on. He's coming back for a victorious church, a triumphant church, a church that knows how to win. And God wants you to win in every area of your life, not just in your faith, although he wants you to win in your faith, but he wants you to win in your family. Come on. He wants us to win in our relationships. He wants us to win in our businesses. He wants us to win in our finances. So God, I just want you to believe this with all of my heart. God truly wants you to win today. And if you believe that, say, I believe. It is an honor, honor, honor to be here with you, Pastor Jeff, and uh, my first time to be here at Turning Point. Uh, my name is Johnny Jernigan. I'm from the great state of Alabama. Everybody say, Alabama. Doesn't it make you feel better just to say that? Come on. All right? And so uh, you know my name. I don't know all of you. So on the count of three, would everybody tell me your name just as loud as you can? Here we go. One, two, three. All right, now I know everybody. All right. Hey, it's so nice to be here with you. I want, I, I, I've, I've got something I want to share with you today that has changed my life with a new understanding of what God wants to do with us, not just here on Sunday, but every day of our life and showing us how we can win in every circumstance. So I want us to pray for two things. First of all, I want us to pray for God's anointing. Everyone say God's anointing. 
The Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is not wonderful worship. It's not preaching. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So I, I want you to believe with me for His anointing to come on every one of us in this room that will be touched by God as we leave this place today. Amen? And so here's the rules. I, I preach much better when you preach with me. So here's the rules this morning. If I say something that sounds good, you say, Amen, Hallelujah, that was good. If I say something you don't like, you say, Amen, Hallelujah, that was good. And so we're going to believe for His anointing on every one of us. Second thing I want us to pray for is an open heart. Everybody say, an open heart. Listen, if in these next three hours as I preach, uh, I need... <laughs> no, the Bible says, Blessed are the brief for they shall be heard again, all right? So we'll get you out on time, but I need you to open your heart. Listen, I don't know everything, but neither do you. And if you think you do, then God's done with what He can expose to you. But if you'll open your heart right now and say, God, give me ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying to the church and to our pastor and the vision of this house. So can we lift our hands to our God this morning? If you're comfortable with that, if not, would you just bow your heads with us? Father, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time of worship. Thank you, oh God, for the vision that you've given to Pastor Jeff and this wonderful church. And now, God, as we gather here this morning, God, we are desperate in these dark times to hear from you, oh God. Lord, I am nothing, but you are everything. So, Lord, lift me above my abilities this morning. And if I say the wrong thing, let your people hear the right thing. And Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see this morning that God, truly, you want your power to be revealed within us so that we can touch those who do not know you and they can know the truth of who you are. So Father, we believe for miracles and signs and wonders in this gathering today. And we're careful to give you the praise and the glory for you and you alone are worthy, King Jesus. And if you believe that with me, everybody say amen. Hey, before you're seated, would you look at the person next to you right in the eyes and say, today is your day to get pregnant. Would you go ahead and just tell somebody right now? Just go ahead and tell them. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're, yeah, thank you, brother. I, I heard some of those mothers out there saying, you better shut your mouth, all right? And I heard some of those daddies like, I'll get you if you say that again. Now, I'm not talking about the natural. I'm talking about in the spirit. My wife uh, gave me the three greatest gifts I've ever received in my life. And my 26-year-old son, John David, and my 23-year-old daughter, Abigail, and my baby boy, Jacob, 19. But I found this out before you can ever give birth. How many of you know you have to conceive? And so what I'm asking is that we're going to conceive something this morning that I really believe that God has for every person in this room. And if you'll open your heart, I believe you'll see it too. Open your Bibles if you have those with you or your device to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. We're going to look at God's word there together. Uh, there's a story about this little rabbit who hopped into a paint store one day. And he asked this owner of the paint store, he said, do you have any, any carrots here? And the owner of the paint store said, well, little buddy, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a paint store. We only sell paint here. If you want carrots, you'll have to go somewhere else. I apologize. So the little rabbit hopped out of the paint store. Next day, little rabbit hopped back in the paint store. And he asked the owner of the paint store, he said, do you have any carrots here? And he, he said, well, little buddy, I told you yesterday, uh, we, we, we only sell paint here. If you want carrots, you'll have to go somewhere else. I apologize. So the little rabbit hopped out of the paint store. Next day, little rabbit hopped back in the paint store. He asked the owner of the paint store, he said, do you have any carrots here? And the owner of the paint store got a little frustrated. He said, look, buddy, I've told you twice now, we only sell paint here. And if you want carrots, you're going to have to go somewhere else. 
And if you come back in here again looking for carrots, I'm going to nail you to the wall by your ears. Little rabbit hopped out of the paint store. Next day, little rabbit hopped back in the paint store. And he asked the owner of the paint store, he said, do you have any nails? He said, no. He said, good. Do you have any carrots? All right. Now, that is the attitude that I want us to uh, approach this message this morning. And I want us to look at God's word this morning. I truly believe this with all of my heart, what Pastor Jeff was just saying to you. And I've watched him and heard him many, many times over the years. And it's such an honor to be with you today, Pastor. I believe that we're living maybe in the greatest time, maybe in the history of the church. And people are like, hey, time out. Hey, don't you know we're still coming out of a pandemic? Uh, don't you know we have gender re-identification being taught all over the nation? Don't you know we have this political craziness that's going on all over our culture? Don't you know this, this obsession with all that we see in the LGBTQ community? Don't you see we see all of these things happening in our culture? And yes, I do. But how many of you understand with me that light shines best in dark places? And every time it gets dark, God raises up a remnant that begins to expose who he is to a culture that people say, why are you so happy? In a world that is so messed up, how can you be so happy? And we say, because this is not my home. Come on. Once I was lost, but now I am found. Once I was blind, but now I can see. So I'm drinking from another well. And I want you to know this. We see all of this darkness, but I want to just declare this to you this morning. God is moving. Can you say that with me? God is moving. Can you shout that real loud? Come on. God is moving. And there's a song that we sing all over the country right now. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. I'm just telling you, God is doing supernatural things all over the country. Not just in Asbury, there in Kentucky. But I want you to know that God's glory is moving all over the earth. And I'm so glad it's not just in one location, Pastor. But the wind of God is blowing again. I said the wind of God is blowing again. And we're seeing these revival fires starting in places all over the earth. I was just in uh, Portland, Oregon just a couple of months ago, uh, right in the middle of all the riots that were going on up there. And, and we always do outreaches. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a traveling speaker. I'm a pure Ephesians 4.11 called out evangelist. I ate to win souls to Christ. And we do outreaches every week. And we were uh, going out and we take little bags of candy, just like the church did yesterday. And we walk into businesses and we walked into a subway and there was a guy working there as the manager, his name was Tim, and had his hair spiked up on top of his head, about a foot off the top of his head, and he had piercings all over him, places you should not have piercings, this boy had piercings all over him, he had tattoos all over him, all the way down to his toes and his sandals, there wasn't an inch on this boy, he didn't have tattoos, and the look on his face was, go away. And so we walk in with our little bag of candy, and I walk in from Harvest Assembly of God Church there. We were helping them. And we said, hi, I'm Johnny. This is Shane. We're from Harvest Assembly of God. We just want to give you a little bag of candy just to sweeten your day and tell you, man, somebody's thinking about you. And we want to say thank you for what you do in this community. Thank you for the great food you offer. Thank you for the people you employ. Thank you for what you do for the economy. And, and, and for all the mean people who come in your business, we want to say thank you. What you do matters. He looked at us and he said, wow, man, nobody's ever come in Subway and said, thank you for what I do. He said, I appreciate that. And then we gave him a card, said, we're from Harvest Assembly of God Church. We just want to invite you to come and join us. He stuck his hand out and said, hey, man, I'm an atheist. I don't do the church thing. And how many of you know we need discernment? Come on. 
when to talk and when not to talk. And you can tell already it's hard for me not to talk, all right? And so the Lord said, don't say anything else, just love him. So we said, you know what, Tim, you're welcome in this church. And we just want you to know, man, we bless you. We love you in the Lord. And you're welcome at this church. We turned to walk out. When we got to the door, we turned around and looked. He was already eating the candy out of the bag we had given him. He put the card that we gave him in his back pocket. When he went home that night, he was the manager. After a double shift, he was undressing. He felt the card in his back pocket. He pulled it out and he said, you know what? Those guys were really nice. I think I want to go to that church just to see what they do. Come on. And so the next morning, he shows up. He said he go to the back row of the church. And he's got his arms folded. His wife came with him. And her hair was spiked up just like his. And she had piercings all over her just like him. And she had tattoos everywhere just like him. And they're sitting on the back row with their arms folded. And the look on their face was, we're going to murder you right after this service. All right? Now, that's what I was thinking, all right, by the look on their face. When I gave the invitation, he said it was the first time he ever heard God speak to him. Come on. He said he heard a voice, he heard a voice that said, what they are saying is true, not what I was saying, because I'm nothing. He said, but what they're saying is true. I believe he heard Father, Son, and Holy Spirit saying to him, I love you, Tim. I have a better way for you, Tim. I have an answer for you, Tim. And when I gave the altar call, he and his wife came and gave their life to Christ. Come on, can somebody give the Lord a shout of praise? Now... Less than 24 hours earlier was telling me he's an atheist. Less than 24 hours later, he was giving his life to Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. I just want you to know, it's dark and the darkness is getting darker. But pastor alluded to it earlier, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And God is, the wind truly of revival is blowing in the church. Don't be discouraged. Don't look down. Lift your head up. God is moving. Can you say that again? God is moving. And if you don't feel it, jump in and God's going to show you something today. I want to minister to you. A, a, a title of my message is, Stay in the Pool. Can you say that with me? Stay in the Pool. There, there are two kingdoms that are clashing right now that we see so clear in our culture. There's what we call the, 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 the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of our God. There, the, and what I call are two different realms. There's a natural realm and then there's a spirit realm. If there's a natural realm. A natural realm see, uh, is where we, we live with our flesh and blood. See, some things are matter only. This pulpit is matter only. This cell phone is matter only. These notes that I have on, my, uh, on the pulpit here are matter only. Do you understand that? If you got that, say, I got it. Some things in this world are spirit only. God is spirit. Angels are spirits. Demons are spirits. But look at this, we as human beings in all of God's creation are the only part of God's creation that has to live in both realms at the same time, both the natural and the spirit. And I can tell you it is a lot easier to live in the natural than it is to learn to live in the realm of the spirit. And for those of us that have tasted the realm of God, see, like a drug addict has to have a drug or an alcoholic has to have a drink. If you ever taste the power of God, you will never be satisfied with just going to church. Oh, that was pretty pukey. Let me say it again. If you ever, like a drug addict has to have a drug or an alcoholic has to have a drink. If you ever taste the power of God, you will never be satisfied with just going to church. You have to have the presence of God. 
And so we are the only part of all of creation that has to live in the natural and in the spirit. And this flesh, I want you to understand, never gets saved. The only part of us that ever gets redeemed is our spirit man. And Paul said, if you live in the Spirit, you've got to walk in the Spirit, and you've got to dominate this flesh by learning to live in the Spirit realm, not just on Sunday morning at 10.30. Not just on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. We've got to live in the presence of God, and, and it's a choice which realm I choose to live in. I can live in the realm of the Spirit, in the, or I can live in the realm of the natural. I don't know about you, but I'd rather live in the realm of the Spirit. Come on. And I found it to be more real. Let me read something to you. It's on the uh, screen for you. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. Read along with me. It says this. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The King James says the kingdom of God is among you. One of the main things that Jesus came preaching was about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that he was coming to bring the kingdom of heaven among men. Yes? What does the Lord's prayer say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things that Jesus was wanting us to understand is that the kingdom of God is among you that the realm of the kingdom is very, very real. And sometimes I'm afraid we might not totally understand what Jesus was saying, that the kingdom of God is within you, that there's a kingdom among kingdoms. Are you with me? I want to show you this morning in my swimming pool, and I want to show you this, and, and, and I want you to believe with me for just a moment that, in my illustration that this pool represents the kingdom of God. All of his power, all of his glory, all of his miracles, everything is found in the presence of God. All of his glory is available when I step into the kingdom of God. And I want you to believe that everything else in this room represents the kingdoms of this world. Are you with me? So right now I'm standing in the kingdom of God in my illustration uh, of all of God's goodness and all of God's power, all right? A- am, I, am I standing in it now? In my illustration, am I standing in it now? Am I standing in it now? Okay, can you indulge me? Am I standing in it now? Okay, am I standing in it now? How did I get in here? I made a willful choice to step out of that realm, to step over into this realm, that all of your goodness and all of your power and all of your glory, God, is available if I'll just choose to step out of the natural realm and step over into the presence of the living God, that all of your goodness and all of your power is available to me in my living room, just like it is here in the house of God on Sunday morning. Matter of fact, my, my, wife, my wife is not a good piano player. Uh, Matter of fact, my wife plays the piano pretty bad. But she can play one song pretty good. And it's one I'll never forget. Many years ago, we were in a crisis just asking God for his direction in our life. And and, and she sings this song. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And she sang that playing the piano in our living room. And the presence of God came in our living room. And God began to speak to us that completely redefined our life and mapped out for us everything we would do for the rest of our life as an evangelist for the Lord God. Hallelujah. It didn't happen in church. 
It happened in our living room where we stepped out of the natural realm and we stepped over into the spirit realm. So am I standing in, in the kingdom of God now in my illustration? Okay, am I standing in it now? Come on, indulge me. Am I standing in it now? Okay, am I standing in it now? How did I get in here? I made a willful choice to step out of that realm, to step over into this realm, and it is my choice whether I choose to live in the realm of the natural. And I want you to know, if you build your life on ABC, CBS, NBC, or even Fox Network, you're going to be depressed. Because news is not news unless it's bad. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, where do you get your news? I said, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hallelujah. And I've learned to step over into the realm of the Spirit, and God meets me in my car, God meets me in my home, God meets me on an airplane 35,000 feet in the air, God meets me when I'm in traffic. And what I have found is that the pool of God's presence is portable. I can take it with me wherever I go. We were on our way here this morning uh, from the conference with all the students, and we stopped at a traffic light, and I, and, and I think that traffic light lasted 27 minutes, all right? And so while we were sitting there at that traffic light, you know what we did? We just threw the pool down, and we just, I said, let's begin to pray right now. And right there with Pastor Jonathan, your youth pastor, we lifted our hands at that light, and we began to pray out, and we began to speak in tongues. We began to cry out to God, and the glory of God came in the room, uh, the car right there with us, because it was 27 minutes long, I promise you. And in that traffic like the glory of God met us while we were there. Come on. On the way here this morning, can God do that? So am I standing in it now? Am I standing in it now? How did I get in here? I made a willful choice to step out of that realm and get into that realm. Three things I want to give you very quickly. Write this down somewhere, would you? Or put it in your notes app or, or you can get this. Number one, if I'm going to learn to live in the pool of God's presence, if I'm going to learn to live in this atmosphere, see, because it's easy in here. Nobody's telling dirty jokes in here. Nobody's cursing in here. Nobody's angry in here. It's easy in here. How can I learn to have this every day? Three words I want to give you. Number one, we're going to have to pursue the pool. Everybody say pursue. Number two, we're going to have to protect the pool. Everybody say protect. And the third most important thing is we're going to have to practice in the pool. Everybody say practice. The Bible tells us, it says, that we, if we will seek after him, we truly can find him. We're going to have to pursue the pool of God's presence. Let me give you a scripture. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. If you want to turn there with me, we'll read this passage of scripture. But it's all about how we can find our God. It will just take time to seek after him. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. The scripture says this. He says, for you will seek me and you will find me if you will seek me with all of your heart. Can we read that together? It's on the screen. Can everybody read it with me? Come on. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with just a little bit of your heart on Sunday morning. No, he says, you can, you can seek me and you can find me. Here's what God's saying. In other words, God's saying the pool of his presence is not a mystery. It is available to anyone. God says, if you will just seek after me, you can find me if you'll just seek me with all of your heart. He wants us to pursue him so that we can have the glory of his presence at any time. We have not because we ask not. And if we'll learn that we can just pursue this God, we can have your presence wherever I am. 
but it, it takes me be, being willing to seek after him and saying, God, I want you. God, I need you. And he meets us in our bedroom. He meets us on our job. He meets us at the traffic light. He meets us in this house. If we just say, God, I ask of you. Yes. See, my wife and I, we've been married for 39 years. Um, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me uh, outside of giving my life to Christ. But when I met her, uh, she was dating some other boy. And, and I called him Captain America. He looked just like Captain America on the Avengers movies. He, had, he was tall, about 6'6". He had shoulders about that broad. He had bright blonde hair, br- deep blue eyes, dark tan skin, muscles everywhere. So I called him Captain America. But he didn't know how to treat her, and he treated her really, really bad. And so she broke up with him. And when she broke up with him, I moved in for the kill. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so I wanted her to know I wanted to be with her. I wanted her to be with me. I didn't want her to be with him. So I I wrote her a letter, and I sprayed cologne on it because I saw that in a movie. All right? And and I sent it to her. And then I, I, I sent her flowers. And I called her on the phone, and I went by the house to see her, and we went on a date, and I dated her for three and a half years, and I want you to know that she married me, and Captain America lost. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, because I had to prove to her I wanted her to be with me, yes? I want you to know nothing times nothing, come on, is nothing. If you try nothing, you get nothing. And people say to me all the time, how can you be so happy? Because this is just the way I am every day of my life. I made my mind up a long time ago, I'm going to be the happiest person I know. I don't, I don't know anybody who has more fun in life than I do because I've learned that I can step over into the pool of God's presence wherever I am. If I only taste this in the house of God on Sunday morning, I am living a miserable life the rest of the week because I'm choosing to live in the natural realm rather than staying over in the spirit realm. Yes? Listen, I was a youth pastor many, many years ago, and we had a pretty large youth group. We had about 300 students in our youth ministry uh, there in Mobile, Alabama. And, uh, but I, I, I would take an offering and I would get $3.15. And I just could not get those kids to give. So one night before they came in, I taped dollar bills underneath all the chairs they were sitting in. And I said, hey, we're going to receive our offering. But before we do, we're going to play a game. Underneath the chair you're sitting in, there may be a one or a five or a 10 or a $20 bill under the chair you're sitting in. When I say go, whatever you can find is yours. On your mark get set, go, boom. And I'm telling you, the room exploded. Kids were diving over chairs. They were flipping chairs over. They were pulling each other's hair. And they were, they were holding, I got a dollar, I got a $10 bill, I got a $20 bill. And while they were all on the floor scrambling for that money, I said, stop. And they looked at me and I said, when you begin to seek God the way you're seeking those dollar bills, you're gonna be the kind of giver God wants you to be. And pastor, we got the best offering we'd ever had. Now, it was my money, but we got the best offering that, I, that we'd ever had. Because we've taught this generation, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. It's all about gather, gather, get, get, me, me, I, I. But when God is saying, if you'll just step over here with me, you'll learn what generosity is all about. You'll learn about what giving is all about. Listen, when you get angry, I want you to know, take time to pursue the pool. If you need a miracle in your life, take time to pursue the pool. If you need God's direction in your life, I want you to know, if you're just trying to figure it out in your own natural strength, you're going to be disappointed. Come on. But if we'll lean on God, he says, ask and it will be 
given. Seek and you will knock and the door will be. He said, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto my path. Step over into my kingdom and I will speak to you because you can find me if you'll seek me, if you'll seek me with all of your heart. Am I standing in the pool now? Am I standing in it now? Am I standing in it now? How did I get in here? I made a willful decision to step out of that realm, to step over into this realm. Yes, I've got to pursue the pool. Everybody say pursue. Second thing I've got to do is I've got to protect the pool. Everybody say protect. I've got to protect this pool of God. I want to read a a passage of scripture to you in the book of James chapter 4 verse 7 and 8. They're going to put it on the screen. I want you to read along with me because if we can protect this pool, we can keep the glory of God flowing in our life. Will you read along with me? Come on, read it. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Stop right there. We'll finish this in a moment. We as Pentecostal people, we love that passage of scripture. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Boy, we like that, that we have the ability to resist the devil and he has to flee from us. Is that right? Is that what the word says? But it says something there that we have to submit first to God. We have to submit to our God. Then he says, resist the devil, he'll flee. See, Satan's not scared of me. I'm five foot eight pounds. All right, you, you can find out how many pounds another time. It's way too many But I want you to know this, Satan is terrified of the God who lives inside of me. And he's terrified that I'm going to come awakened to the power that all of the power of the kingdom of God is available to me. I was standing in Brussels, Belgium just a couple of months ago. I was preaching there at Continental Theological Seminary. And I went to the U.S. Embassy. And our U.S. ambassador was standing out front in a a crime-laden world that we live in. I couldn't believe he was standing out in public. And he was giving a speech and all the cameras were around him and he was talking about American policy there at the European Union. And I was listening to him and I looked up and the Lord, I thought that had this thought, if if something happens to me while I'm in Brussels, Belgium, all of the power of God, of of the United States is available to me. All of our military, all of my government, our Senate, our House of Representatives, our Army, our Navy, our Air Force, our Marines, our Coast Guard, everything that the United States represents is available to me as a U.S. citizen. Is that right? But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want to show you something far better, that all of the power of the kingdom of God is available to you at any time because you are a citizen not only of the United States of America, but you're a citizen of heaven. Come on. And because my citizenship is there, he says, son, if you'll just step over into this pool, then all of my power is available to you if you'll protect that pool. Let's just say it like this. If the city of Fort Worth decided they were going to start pouring the sewage of your community into your pool, would you let them do that for an hour? 30 minutes? Come on, five minutes. 30 seconds? Why? Because it's filthy, it's disgusting, it's disease-laden, and it pollutes the pool of that clean water. And yet here is where a lot of Americans are trying to live that we want one in this natural realm and one in the Spirit of God, just enough God on the weekends just to take the edge off and then live the way I want to live the rest of the week. And I want you to know it's a very dangerous place to live, to think you can do it in your own strength. I'm just telling you, you cannot live for God faithfully, consistently trying to live in both realms at the same time. 
And I want you to know you'll live a defeated life if you live in this realm. But if you want to overcome, you've got to stay in this realm. But we have to protect it. Everybody know the story of Samson? Wave at me. You know the story of Samson? You ever seen a caricature of Samson? Usually a big muscle-bound guy with long hair. I don't think that's an accurate picture of who Samson was because the Bible says they didn't know the secret of his strength. And the secret of his strength was he had a covenant with God that when he was a little boy, he'd never cut his hair. So he stayed in the realm of God's glory. But he fell in love with the beautiful Delilah. And people say, how do you know she was beautiful? Well, I can't imagine the devil using some ugly hag. (laughs) She was probably really, really pretty. And so he's, he's trying to hold on to God and trying to hold on to Delilah, thinking I got the best of my life in front of me. And you can read it in Judges 16 and 17 later that the Bible says his head was in her lap. And he, she says, tell me the secret of your strength. And, and he said, time I hair in wet cords, time I hair in new cords, time I hair in wet braids. I'll be as weak as any other man. And she said, you've lied to me. And then he told her, he said, cut my hair I'll be as weak as any other man. She said, that's a good boy. Lay your head back down and go to sleep. Out come the scissors, snip, snip, snip. She cut his hair off, and it's the saddest scripture in the Bible to me where he said, I'll go out as at any other time and defeat the Philistines. And then it says, but he did not know that the glory of God had departed from him. Why? Because he polluted his pool and got in covenant with the world rather than what God had called him to. Yes? And the Bible says they gouged his eyes out. They bound him and made him grind. I I want you to get this real quick. The Bible says they gouged his eyes out. Gouged his eyes out. I want you to think of this. They stuck an instrument into his head, gouged his eyes out, and he lost the ability to see. Why? He tried to live in both realms. The good news is God said the hair on his head began to grow again. And he had a great miracle of pushing out the pillars and killing those Philistines, those enemies of God. But it cost him so much. God says, if you seek me, you can find me. But you're going to have to protect this. You're going to have to keep it pure. We've got to guard what we watch. We've got to guard what we touch. We've got to guard where we go. We've got to guard who we're with. Because the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. And it's good to go and minister to them, but I want you to know this. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He didn't just fraternize with them all the time. Come on. And we've got to guard this pool so we see his glory. Here's the third one. Not only do we have to pursue the pool, we've got to protect the pool, but here's the, here's the most important. We've got to practice in the pool. Everybody say practice. Practice, we've heard many times, practice makes perfect. The more we practice anything, the better we get in that. Yes. I want you to read something with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And I love it when you read with me. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, 7. Can we all read this out loud before we pray? Listen to it. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The King James says power, love, and a sound mind. Has America ever needed a sound mind? And the mental health challenges that America is facing post-pandemic, I want you to understand we need a sound mind. But he, he says something here, Paul, to this young Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. The more you practice anything, the better you get at it. The more, the, the more we cook, hopefully the better we cook. Come on. The more we work on cars, the better we work on cars. Uh, uh, the more we play around with computers, hopefully the better we get with computers. How many of you know the more we pray, the better we pray? The more we worship, the better we worship. The more we share our faith, 
the more we get more effective in that. Am I standing over here in this now? I can practice the things of the pool of God every day of my life if I choose to. And it's truly my choice. Am I going to live in this realm or am I going to live in that realm? And I found the, the fastest way to step over into the pool of God's presence is just to practice in worship. Will you close your eyes? Would you sing this with me? Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Would you sing this? For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Would you lift your hands and sing it? And I'll give him all the glory. I'll give him all the glory. I'll give him all the glory. Christ. Look at me, church. Why would you stand when you sing a song like that? Why do all of a sudden we just begin to stand and lift our hands? Look at me. Because when you step over into the pool, you sense His presence. And the glory of God comes alive in you. We've got to pursue it. We've got to protect it. But if we'll practice it, what you feel right now, how many feel His presence? Come on. You can feel this every day if you choose. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody moving for just a moment before pastor comes. If you're hearing the sound of my voice and nobody's told you they love you today, let me tell you that Jesus loves you. He's not mad at you. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. But he loves you too much to leave you where you are. So with every head bowed in this room and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. I'm an evangelist, so I have to ask you this question. If you died today, do you know that you know that you know that you'd be in heaven with Jesus? See, you can fool me today because I'm pretty easy to fool. I'm from Alabama. You might be able to fool your friends. You might be able to fool your neighbors. You might be able to fool your pastors. You might even be able to fool the police. But I can tell you, you'll never fool God. He knows you. He loves you. And he says, I have more for you than where you are right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I need somebody praying right now because somebody's life is in the balance in this room right now. No matter who's on your right and left, no matter who's in front of you and behind you, ask yourself this question. If you died today, do you know that you know that you know that you'd be in heaven with Jesus? It's a really important question. And whether you know it or not, you're going to stand before the living God. It's appointed and a man wants to die and after that to face the judgment. You're going to stand before God one day, either as your savior or your judge, and you're going to have to make a choice. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just the piano for just a moment. With everybody in this room, ask yourself, God, if today was my last day on this planet, if I died today, do I know that I know that I know that I'd be in heaven with Jesus? What if you were killed this afternoon in a horrible automobile accident? The Bible promises a lot. It just doesn't promise tomorrow. You may never have another chance to hear an invitation just like this in a wonderful church like this. I beg of you, 
What if you were killed in a tornado that comes to this area regularly and you're, uh, that happened just a couple of nights ago that ran through this nation and you were tragically killed? What if it was a drive-by shooting that's happening more and more in our culture and you were tragically killed? If you die today, do you know that you know that you know that you could be in heaven with Jesus? This is not between you and anybody else. This is between you and your eternal God. They're screaming in hell right now, begging us to listen. I don't care how many drugs you've taken, how many drinks you've had, how many things you've done wrong. If you'll step in the pool, if you'll call on God today, He says, I can come close to you and you can come close to me and you can know who Christ is in your life and you can know that when you die, you can go to heaven to be with the Lord. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you anywhere in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm not where I should be with God. There are things in my life that are wrong and I know that that I need to get closer to Jesus today. If that's you right here in this room, no, no matter who's on your right left, no matter who's in front of you and behind you, If you say, I know that's me, and I know I need to get closer to God today, please include me in that final prayer. If that's you anywhere in this room, no matter who's on your right left, shove it down the devil's throat and raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to get closer to Jesus. When I count to three, if that's you anywhere in this room, and you say, I know God's speaking to me, and I need to get closer to God, raise your hand right now. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise it now. Raise it now. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hands, I see your hands, I see your hands, I see your hands. You can put your hands down. Do you know the Bible says there's a party in heaven that the angels rejoice over someone who comes close to Christ? Pray, Christians. I'm going to ask one more time, very quickly. Maybe there's somebody else in this room, and you know you should have raised your hand. And you know that God is speaking to you. I beg of you. You may never get another chance to hear this message. I I beg of you if you say, I should have raised my hand, Brother Johnny but I'm not where I should be with God. I need to get closer to Him. Would you include me in that final prayer? If you didn't raise your hand a moment ago, I see people weeping around this room right now. God is moving. Pray, Christians. Pray right now. If that's you anywhere in this room and you didn't raise your hand a moment ago, but you know you should have when I count to three, raise your hand right now. Shove it down the devil's throat. Here we go. One, two, three. That's me. Raise it now. I see you in the back. I see you, young lady. I see you, ma'am. I see you, ma'am. I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. Father, I've done everything you told me to do now. Lord, give the increase. Help me decrease. And Lord, may we stay in the pool of your presence. Look at me. Every person that raised their hand, take the second bold step with me. And when I count to three in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come and stand in front of this platform. Look at me. 43 years ago, I was an alcoholic, in and out of trouble with the law as a 16-year-old boy. But a pretty girl invited me to go to church. And I have to be honest, the only reason I went, because she was so pretty. But I heard about a God who loved me, look at me, and who could help me. And I went to that church, and he said, God loves you, and God can help you. And I came to that altar that night, that that, that morning, and I want you to know, I haven't had a drink of alcohol in my mouth since that day. God turned my life around. God changed me. God saved me. And I want you to know, God changed everything in my life. And nobody was laughing at me. I heard people saying, there goes Johnny. There goes Johnny because they knew what a mess alcohol had made of my life. Every person that raised their hand, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Raising your hand is a beginning. The second step is to publicly stand for Jesus. He was crucified publicly, buried publicly, and resurrected publicly. Yes, nobody's going to laugh at you. 
we're going to give you a standing ovation. Is that right, church? Because we know what God's going to do. Every person that raised their hand, I know who you are. You know who you are. God knows who you are, and the devil knows who you are. When I count to three, take the next step and come stand in front of this pulpit right now. Get a friend and bring them with you. I promise you they'll come. One, two, three. Come on right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come. Come. All over the room. Come. 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 All over the room. Come. Very quickly. Come on. Come on. All over this room. All the way to the back. All the way to the back. Come on. Just move in real close. Move in real close. Move in real close. Hallelujah. 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 When I came in this morning, if you, if you have a family member or a friend up here, come stand with them. If you have a family member or a friend up here, come stand with them very quickly. Look at me, brother. When I came in this morning and I turned around and said hello to you, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about you and the devil's lied to you and said you've made way too many mistakes and God will never be able to use you. That's a lie from hell, man of God. God has great things that he wants to do in your life. And he wants to say, I can do it through you. But it's going to take you staying in the pool. Stay in the pool. Take the pool with you, man of God. And you're going to win. I want you to know the tears are to heal you today. Let me tell you something. It's hard for you to trust people because you've been so hurt. But God says, trust him. Trust him. And I want you to know you've had people make promises to you that they broke. But God will never break his promise. And he says, trust in him today. And those tears are to heal you today and make you what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. And every one of you standing here, I want to tell you, your life is not behind you. That young man right there, hold your hand up with the long hairs. Hold your hand up. Let me tell you, young man, when I looked out there and I saw you, the Lord said, tell him, I have great things I want to do in him. I have great things that I want to do in him. And and the enemies lied to you and told you, you're not good enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never be enough. And you've made too many wrong choices. But God says today, young man, I can wash all of that away. And I can see you like you've never sinned. And you can walk out of here with a pool today. And God says, I'll show you how to win every day of your life. And woman of God, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Man of God, it is for you. It is for you. Would everyone stretch your hands toward them so nobody be embarrassed? Pastor, would you come? Would everybody, as pastor's coming, would everybody pray this prayer out loud loud with me so nobody be embarrassed? Can everyone pray this prayer out loud? Come on, pray it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I know it was my sins that nailed you on that cross. And I'm sorry, Lord. I know I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I deserve hell. But I ask for your mercy. Give me another chance. So I say with my mouth, Jesus is the Christ. And I believe in my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. I give you my past. All of my mistakes. All of my hurt. All of my pain. All of my sin. I give you my future, everything I will ever become, and I start over today, a child of God, and I receive you now as my only Lord, as my only hope, as my only way to heaven. You died for me, Jesus. Help me live for you now for the rest of my days. I want to stay in the pool. Come on, say it loud. I want to stay in the pool. 
Come on, church. I want to stay in the pool. Help me today, God, in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands toward these on the altar. Lord, break every word curse. Break every soul tie. Break every generational curse. Break every genetic curse. Loose them, powers of God, and let them stay here with Pastor Jeff and grow as disciples and become the men and women of God that they're going to see your presence every day in Jesus' name. Can we give these one more time a standing ovation? Hallelujah. Take the pool with you. Take it with you. Take it with you and live in the pool of God. Wasn't that a great word? I want all of you to stay here for just a moment. What a beautiful sight this is. And uh, this, this is what we're about. One of the things we're about for sure is reaching people like yourself. I did what Johnny did when I was in juvenile home, 16 years old, same age. And God touched me in juvenile home, as you know my story, saved me in juvenile home, and uh, changed my life. And so we rejoice with you today. Now, it's very, very important that, you know, I tell people, you know, there's preachers you can bring in or there's people whose ministry is to get you jumping and shouting. My ministry is to deal with you when you land. Okay? It's to help you when you land. And so as a pastor, I want to help you as you, as you land because you've prayed the most important prayer of your entire life. There's no more important prayer in life than to come to Christ. None. Okay? Because it'll set the tra- trajectory of the rest of your life. So we want to <clears throat> get your name and um, just a real basic information so that because we have prayers that want to pray over you because you need to be covered in prayer now. And if you don't have a church home, you need a church home. If you go out there, we're going to give them to them, Charles, when they uh, are seated. So thank you. Um, Without a church home, the devil's going to come after you with old friends, old habits, old connections that are not going to be good for you. This This is the start of a brand new life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. All, everybody say all, all has become new. That includes who you run with, all right? So we want to get you plugged into the church. So right over here is a chair for you. We've got many chairs, and they're going to hand you something to fill out and something I want you to take with you. I've written two little booklets, um, Let the Journey Begin and Let the Journey Continue, and I wrote them for you tell you how to get your feet on the ground as a Christian. So uh, if you will just go right over this way and have a seat in one of those chairs, this won't take long at all. Just go right over there. My ushers are going to lead you to the chair. And amen. Amen. Pastor Sonny, come on up and amen. Pastor Sonny is here. Can you give him a hand of welcome? And good to see you, Sonny. And um, isn't that a beautiful sight, Sonny? And so uh, God bless all of these people. It's such a beautiful thing to see. How many of you are glad you came to the house of God? Your thoughts? Let me just say, as a pastor, I'm a pastor. That's my part of the five-fold ministry. And now I get to pastor pastors. But I love to see the gift of the evangelist at work. I mean, the real gift of the evangelist who gives that call to be salvation in People just flood down the altar. So I appreciate the gift that you bring. And I, 
I like you. You're a happy evangelist. I know some angry evangelists, but I like a happy evangelist, and I appreciate that gift. Amen.